0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, this is the Angels Podcast, and I am Adam Riggs with my co-host Matt Gallant. Hey
0: everybody, I want you to know that before we did the podcast, we actually discussed Adam pausing so I could say something after my name. (laughs)
1: Don't <laughs> give away the trade secrets. Oh, man. that's true. Okay. <laughs> we are here on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in LA and more. Well, partner, it's been a while. What have you been up to?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. The uh, you know the Mother's Day last week took me out of the uh, out of the podcast world, right. and it was Mother's Day. It had nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Might have. No, it was Mother's Day thing. No, but I've been doing good, man. You know, I'm working away. You know, as you know, I work on a producer in the true crime world. I'm reading a lot about doom, gloom, death, and murder, and a lot of crazies. So when we when I get to talk baseball, I am happier than a pig in a pig's day.
1: You doing all right? Yep. Yeah, it's good, man. I just took a trip out to Arizona, did a little Major League Baseball Alumni Association event, and while I was there, did an interview with Kingfish Tim Salmon and Paul Konerko. So, we've got some good stuff coming up here uh, in the nice. next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: Two of the nicest guys in baseball.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they both spent a lot of time with me. It was good to catch up. I tell you when you see those guys, you see your old friends, it's like you just pick up right where you left off.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it because I like both of those guys and especially Conerco because he was a late bloomer. And yeah. uh man, that guy could rake. Oh. Oh
1: yeah, he was amazing. Uh we both played for the Dodgers together. We came up through you know, rookie ball, a ball, double AA, A, triple A together. And you know, I learned a lot about him in this interview that I didn't really know, and it, it was very interesting. The guy's the guy just super smart. He's just such a smart guy. So is Salmon. Very well spoken. They're just great individuals. And I will tell you, I've known the guy forever, and he he told me some stuff on the podcast that I, I didn't even know. So wow. it's uh, could you it's, give, us, you give interesting.
0: us could you give us a little hint? Give us one tidbit so we could get the the rest of the listeners to be like, ooh.
1: Yeah. So Paul was a great hitter. It it always was a great hitter. And he was always the youngest guy in the league, no matter where he was. And so he was drafted out of high school, went to high rookie ball. Then he went to a ball. We played there together and he had a good year. I mean, he he was a catcher when he started and he hit, I want to say he hit 280 with 14 home runs. And and that was the California league. I I, want to say it like Something like 80 RBIs, 70 RBIs, and the following year we go to San Antonio, where the wind blows in at you know 100 miles an hour every oh. single night you play there. It's it was it was one of the worst places to hit that I've ever seen. That and um, New Orleans where the uh, the AAA for the Houston Astros were. I didn't see a ball from gap to gap. I didn't see one ball go out from, you know, from left center to right center. I didn't see one ball the whole season get hit out. You had to like cheat him down the line. He goes from A ball, he goes to Double A and I think he hit 29 home runs in that and hit like 330 with 100 RBIs in oh, probably yeah. the hardest place that you can possibly hit. I knew he was good. But that season, it was like he turned into a man. And I said, I never knew why. And and I asked him and he said, catching took such a toll on him physically. He had issues. He had issues with his hips. And he couldn't crouch down low enough. So every single game he was getting hit in the shoulders with a foul ball. We had a running joke that as soon as he got hit, we would all look at each other in the field and say, "Okay, the game's official. Um, There'll be no refunds. So, you know, (laughs) he got hit literally every game. And it was because he had some issues with flexibility where he could not get low enough. Just moving from behind the plate to the field allowed him to concentrate more on the the offensive side of it. You know, at the time, I believe he was... 20 years old.
0: But yeah. when you're that age too, man, like you said, you just you don't think about that stuff because at 20 you, you think you can run through a wall, you're impervious to fire, you know, mm-hmm. death and all that stuff because you're young and you're strong and you're 20. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing that in in uh, salmon. I love Tim Sam. He was a uh, a gentle giant, right? Pretty
1: much. Yeah, he's amazing. He, what a great guy. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about you know fish. Because he was he played with the Angels all of his career, you know, from when he got drafted until he retired. And we tell some pretty funny stories of the locker rooms, the morning meetings with Socha, uh, some of the stuff that um, happens off the field. Uh, we talk about his retirement day, which was which was a pretty funny thing. There's just a lot I didn't know because when I when I left for Japan. Uh, Tim was gone all the whole season and came back in 2006. And I was like, man, you came back as a non-roster invitee for a guy that holds the record for home runs for the Angels Mm -hmm. to come back as a non-roster invitee. It was puzzling to me. I said, what were you doing? I was like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? He said, well, they invited me to come back in 2006. It was so that he could put the uniform back on, play a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. then retire in spring oh, training and they could right. retire in uniform. But all of a sudden he starts playing, going, wait a minute, I'm pretty healthy now. I can hit. I can do things without pain that I, that I wasn't able to do. It, another factor is. He got a lot of at bats in spring training because of the world baseball classic, there was a lot of the a lot of the players were playing in that. So he got a ton of A-Bs and he just absolutely raked in spring training and actually made the team as the 25th man and hit three hole opening day on, on the team. It was that's like, unbelievable. Yeah. He's playing for the
0: retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah. But well, that's just the is- competitive nature, right? I mean, as, soon as he gets the as soon as he gets the uniform on, he goes, Oh, wait a minute. And it was nice for him. He said he got to play the full year. And know that this was his last year, kind of smell the roses and do things in certain cities that, you know, he never really got a chance to do. And Oh,
0: great. Well, I can't wait to hear both of them. And uh, that's the best part about doing stuff like this is that you hear some of these things that you just never dreamt you would. I never knew that. And I'm like, oh, I'm a baseball fanatic. Yeah. You know, he came back just to, you know, he's going to retire at spring training. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit of, and I love the nickname, Fish.
1: King I mean, fish. obviously,
0: Salmon, but I love that, Fish.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: i got a guy on my team. I'm going to start calling him Fish only because he sucks. Because <laughs> he smells <laughs> He smells like fish. <laughs> That's more likely.
1: That'll go yeah, over well. I'm
0: the leading hitter on the team. I can say anything I want right now.
1: <laughs> oh, no. We
0: know that As soon as you brag about anything in baseball, you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's get to business, dude. What about the Angels right now? Hovering around five hundred, the bats are definitely waking up. Thank you, Tommy Listella. Pitching has been good, but just not good enough right now. Look at Griffin Canning the other night. You talked about this guy before. The young guy scatters three hits, strikes out five over seven scoreless innings against the Royals. That's what the Angels need more of: pitching, right?
1: Yeah, and, and starting pitching. Their bullpen's pretty good. They've had a um, rough patch here and there, but for the most part, they've been really good. And, and we talked about it before. That's that's a huge key to any team is, is when you know that. If you get through five, you've got a really good chance to win that game. So they've got some guys that... That are, I mean, Griffin Canning's. He's getting better every time he gets on the mound. That guy's got good stuff. He's he's up 95, 96 miles an hour. He's got a real good movement on his ball. Throws strikes. Just pretty mature for how young of a guy he is. And you know they've got a real star in him coming up. Maybe they're they're looking at getting little little help. Andrew Haney just made a rehab start in Salt Lake. He threw four in a third inning. He struck out ten. And four and a third inning. Let me tell you something. I played in Salt Lake for parts of two years. The ball absolutely flies. It's like playing in Denver. You know, there's so much ground to cover being an outfielder, but the ballpark plays like it's a little tiny, you know, bandbox. It's such a hard place to pitch because with that light air, the seams don't catch the air as much. And so mm -hmm. your breaking pitches don't break as much any mistake in the air has an opportunity to leave the park if not it'd be a double for him to throw four and a third and strike out 10 I mean that that's pretty strong right what he did is not the norm because I mean we I've had some teams at AAA where Almost every guy in the lineup has had big league time at some point and done pretty well at some point. So it's tough to do what he did, especially in that ballpark. You know, that's like going to Coors Field and, and yeah. <laughs> striking everybody out. They do equations of replacement. They they call a replacement player, a replacement player value being the, the average AAA guy that comes mm-hmm. up. But for me, there's not much of a difference between the top guys in AAA and the 25th man in in the big leagues or the 24th 25th man it's just those guys maybe play more positions Mm -hmm. uh, are better in the field but there's some guys in in the minor leagues that absolutely can rake and they do it every single year they just some of them don't have a position some of them get a little too old and you know it's hard that's
0: that's gonna be tough i wanted to ask you about that i mean there are only so many jobs okay yeah and there are guys who are just good. I mean, you look around. Look at um, – I'm going I'm to use the Red Sox, for example. They played earlier today. Mm-hmm. Michael Chivas. He mm-hmm. was their up-and-coming stud. He's going to—he's a third baseman. He was mm-hmm. buried in the minors. He could have come up last year. He had a great sprint last year. Well, Pedroia's hurt. They bring him up. The guy's leading the team in home runs almost. You know what I mean? And there's an yeah. example of a guy. The only reason he's getting a chance is because Pedroia got hurt. So I couldn't imagine being a pro, and I'm sure you can talk to this, where you know you've got what it takes. You just need that break, and those
1: breaks don't come that often, do they? No, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult because when I was interviewing Kanurka, we, we were laughing because the difference between AA and AAA is pretty big, and it's big mentally. Because coming up through the minor leagues, you're in rookie ball, then you're an A ball and you're double A. You're happy to be playing. You're like ecstatic, right? right? Like right. you can't wait to get to the field, eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, eat the free fruit. You're ecstatic, right? So then you jump to triple A. And Kenurko said this to me and I was – I literally I was crying before the interview. He's like that was the first time that you got on the field. Or you got on a team that not everybody was happy. And, and it's oh, so true. Oh, it's that makes so sense. True. Because you get you get on this team and all of a sudden you've been playing with guys that are anywhere from nineteen to 23, 24 years old into double A. Then all of a sudden you're playing with a guy that's thirty-four. And a guy that's 30 and a guy Whoa. that's 31 and that might have four years of big league experience that's, you know, is trying to make it back there. And Fitter. so those guys, yes, resentful. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, back then we didn't have, you know, cell phones where everybody was on the cell phones, like the browsers that you do now, but it's usually the paper. And so guys would sit around every day with, the, with you know, the newspaper in their hand, the USA Today saying, oh, did you see who got called up today? Look at this crap, you know? And it was <laughs> constant, like, it was constantly guys like pissed off that they didn't get called up. Some other dude that's up there that's not as good as them is playing. And you're like, wait a minute, when you're a young guy, you're just like, man, this is really strange. And as you go, as you make the climb and you start playing, you you know sometimes you get an opportunity, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get an opportunity to get hurt, and, and all of a sudden you miss a year and you come back, and now all of a sudden the organization has changed, and you're no longer in the plans. You're not on the 40-man right. roster, but you're the same player you were. But to answer your question, I think that when you're that guy that's the – 25th man, you're trying to battle out for that. You've really got to be on the right team. You've got to be on a competitive team, especially if you're older. You've got to be on a competitive team that says, Hey, I need this guy to come in and play and not make any mistakes and not miss signs and do everything fundamentally sound. You've got to be on that team. If you're not, if you're on like some of the teams that are, kind of losing 100 games every year, they're not bringing you up. They're going to bring up some other dude that's like, hey, I'm bringing up this guy that's 25, 26, give him some experience and get him some time. So if you're that guy that's 31, 32 years old, hitting 300 and not getting called up, there's no future for you in that organization. They're not going to call you up. You've got to really be in the right spot or be in the plans for the organization. There's a lot that goes into it. That's not exactly like, hey, you can't play there. There's tons of guys that can oh, play God, there. Yeah. I yeah. just
0: love I love that that line about it's probably the first time you've played on a team where there are guys who are unhappy. And so, that is you never think of that. It's so, so true. I mean, I so see true. it in the TV business. Uh, and I see it personally. I've had a great career as a as an on camera host. I've done a bunch of stuff. But as I have get older and the business has changed, it's become more celebrity driven and i would be lying to you if i didn't tell you i sit there and i'll put on a show with some clown washed up actor hosting the show and Mm -hmm. i'm like so bitter and angry
1: right yeah i mean it it transcends i think all industries at that point i mean and i've been
0: there and and i'll be honest i have to work hard not to be bitter or have bitter beer face you know because nobody wants that shit doesn't help you
1: yeah You just got to keep grinding and grinding, and that's how you make a living. After a while, there's that dream, right? Coming up as a kid, it's a dream, it's a dream, it's a dream, and all of a sudden, it hits you and you go, okay, it's a business, and I got to pay my bills, that means... I've got to continue to work hard. I've got to continue to do whatever it takes. I got to play AAA. I got to play AAA. I'm just got to be thankful that I got a job and I can pay my bills. And exactly. And hopefully, I get a break and I get up there. And if not, usually guys will get a break and it's happened before. And and that's what you got to keep looking at and say, hey, other guys have gone this route and they've succeeded. The, the only way that can happen is if you stay in the game and you keep playing. But it's tough when you're finished, and there's not too many jobs out there that, that require a PhD in baseball.
0: Well, I'll tell you, it's that's such great information. Oh, that is so interesting. I love that. Oh, hey, let's oh, talk a yeah. little bit about Albert. My boy Albert. i tell you what, man. At 39, he's he's holding it together, especially after those two surgeries. 241, 307, 448, with eight homers, 23 RBIs in 40 games. And that's 19 games at first pace. Hey, you got to give it to that dude. He shows up every day. And, you know, you're looking at these numbers and you're saying, eh, but for a 39 year old, he's got eight bombs, 23 right. RBIs yeah. in 40 that's, that's not bad.
1: Yeah. And he started off really, really slow. So, The last seven games, he's at 364. I think what happens is when you're chasing something and you're starting to hit milestones, you start looking at the milestones and start to press. And I don't know if that's what goes on with him, but it's kind of what is human nature. It's almost like when you play golf and you're looking and you're saying, well, I hope I make this four foot putt. You know, the majority of the time you're going to miss it. But it's just oh, as soon as you say oh
0: my god, if I okay, if I all I got to do is par this hole, I'm breaking ninety exactly. Every every time you start
1: looking at results, you're looking at you're starting to get result driven instead of staying in the moment and staying in the process. And and I don't know if that's kind of what happened to him, but I can understand it. I mean, if you're going for 2000 rbis every time there's a guy on you've got to be pressing you just want to get it over with and get it there because guess what you're getting asked that question over and over and over and you're like okay i want this to stop like i want to put this behind me and just play ball now that every single time he gets a hit or an rbi or something he's jumping over an elite hall of famer so he's in such rare territory i think that It's easy to forget that for a good long stretch he was the best right-handed hitter in the game, and it was the machine. I mean, they they
0: called him the machine, and they didn't call him that because he given out coins at the uh, the arcade. I mean, that guy was that was a terrible analogy. I'm sorry. The first thing that popped into my head, (laughs) giving out coins at an arcade. People don't even go to arcades. How I just dated myself. Next, we're going to be talking about the electric light bulb.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah. So yeah. So you're right. I mean, he was an amazing player, and just the names that that are getting thrown out there every time he does something and hits a new milestone, it, it must be crazy for him to think that his name is getting mentioned in with those greats of the game. But couldn't be happier for him. He's he's a good guy, and you know what? He's playing a lot better. I was interviewing Tim, and he said something really really cool to me because I asked him about the rookie of the year that he won, I and mean, he had an amazing year. I think it was like 31 home runs, 280, and almost 100. RBIs or 100 RBIs. I was like, nobody does that the first year. What were you thinking? He said, I'm the type of guy, I keep my head down. I don't peek my head up and look around and say, hey, where am I at? He's like, I just always kept my head down. And it was a constant day-to-day taking care of business. And at the end of the season, I looked up and I said, I had a pretty good season. And for a rookie to have that type of mentality, it's Pretty cool. It keeps you from putting pressure on yourself because that's where it comes from, right? Pressure comes from yourself. And if you can keep that off yourself, then by just staying in the uh, in the process, it, it was pretty cool to see the way he thought.
0: Oh, I bet. And, you know, um, speaking of guys who are just hitting these you know, amazing milestones, look at trout, another fish. Look at the young fish here, 250th career home run. He became the sixth American League player to ever reach that mark before 28. Now listen to the the guys he's in company with: A. Rod, eh, I'm not a fan. Jimmy Fox, Ken Griffey Jr., Mickey Mantle, and Juan Gonzalez. Remember Juan Gonzalez on Texas? Yeah, that guy could yeah. mash. Yeah.
1: So he's the he 13th did.
0: player overall. 13th player overall to reach the mark by age 27. 250 bombs. I mean, it's amazing. Yes.
1: Yeah, that dude's dude's crazy. And and those names are the elite of the elite. And what's cool is he's not only that, he's a way above average fielder with a cannon. And he base runs. And he steals bases. And, you know, there's just no weakness in his game. So uh, the sky's the limit for him, I think. Humble guy, though. Humble, has fun. You know, no no, You know, I'll tell you, he is...
0: Yeah, he's a modern day Mickey Mantle minus the booze. Now think about it, Mickey <laughs> Mantle. Mickey yeah, Mantle true. was, true. and, and I, I met him one time. What a nice man! And I read his book, and he said, "You know, he goes, I, I can't imagine what kind of player I would have been if I wasn't such a drunk." You know, so we're getting Here to see, is. we're getting to see Mickey Mantle uh, in our day and age, because Trout is Mickey Mantle. Run, hit, throw, solid citizen. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit, and he wanted to stay in the Angels. Everybody had him going to Philly, right? We were talking about this before. He's going to Philly. He's going to join Bryce Harper. But he's like, no, he and his wife. He's you know wants he wants to stay in SoCal. I don't, you know, I don't blame him.
1: Yeah, Fish said the same thing. He said, look. Best decision I ever made, staying with the Angels. You know, he had a chance to play with the with the Dimebacks as well late in his career on his last contract. But he stayed with the Angels. And he said, I always have a home. I have a home. And, and when I go there, the ushers know me. The security guards know me. I've got yeah. a job. He's the uh, pre and post game guy on TV. And he's got a home. Everybody knows him when he shows up. And when you're jumping team to team, you just don't have that. Really pretty cool. I think I think Trout made the right decision. He's an angel for life, you know. No, he is. Think about this
0: too. Yeah. He's thinking, think about this. My family lives back east. And this spring, now we've had a, a little rain here in SoCal. Back east in New England, okay, so Philly's, you know, it's, on the, it's right there. They had, I think it rained 27 out of 30 days. I mean, and it's been cold. You watch some of those games on the east coast still. It's cold. It's rainy. He's no fool. If he wants to hit 700 homers, he's going to stay in the sunshine, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If he wants to hit 700, that's the wrong stadium to do it. The ball oh, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, oh, one it one. goes absolutely nowhere. But that being said, you're right. I mean, it's his home. It's all he's ever known. It's a great place to play. It's a great city. The field is immaculate. The the fans are great. I loved it there. I I, I just oh, absolutely yeah, loved it.
0: Okay, ready? Let's just play what if? If you mm-hmm. could play... On any team right now, what team would you want to play for and why? And it's not a trick. Like, for example, because I'm thinking, you know, okay, I'd love to play for the Red Sox. Well, if I couldn't play for the Red Sox, you know a team I might want to play for? They're up and coming outside of the Angels. San Diego Padres. Yeah. That is a team stacked with young guys. And the ball jumps out of that park. They're really the only ticket in town too, sports wise. There's no football, basketball,
1: hockey. It's a big park. It's that's a very big park. It's but you're right. It's it's San Diego's so beautiful, and it's a it's a new stadium, and it's such a revitalized area that's sitting oh, in. So nice. I went to uh, yeah, yeah, it's
0: beautiful down
1: there. And the and the area's so nice there too. I mean, you have the ocean. I'd be I'd be in Anaheim or, or Los Angeles, the weather. And, you know, you don't have to deal with the traffic issues when you're a player, because, you know, you're traveling at times when nobody else is. So you're going to the park at, you might be going at 12 o'clock to the park and leaving at, you know, 11 at night. So you're not battling everybody in traffic and all that. But I just, I love being in the, uh, in that climate near the beach (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: I would have to say all three SoCal places too, because the weather's great. You do have some good rabid fans. If I couldn't go on the East Coast. All right. I want to talk a little bit about a guy that we would love to see playing, but he hasn't stepped on the field since he broke that left toe is Justin Upton. News this weekend, it came out Saturday that he's still a quote, a while away from returning. You know, the prognosis was out eight to 12 weeks. <laughs> it's looking like 12 weeks. Whoa, for a toe, that's tough, man. That's a, that's tough on That's really tough on that offense, and because I mean, look at this. Angels are 5 and 12 against left-handed starters this year. Their 2-10 average against lefties is the worst mark in the majors. And I'm telling you right now, yeah. missing Justin Upton in that lineup that has a lot to do with it. It's got to
1: those injuries are difficult, especially when you're your big toe. I mean, that's balancing you. And so I think he's, he's pretty far away. He hasn't done a lot. I I read something on him yesterday, the day before saying that, man, he hasn't even run in a straight line yet, let alone take fly balls or cut or, you know, he's, he's still, he's still a ways away. They're going to have to make do and hang around without him and see where that goes, but they're playing well. They just, in such a tough division, they hit their streaks. They've just had too many down streaks. They've had some good upstreaks, but I don't even know if that's a word. But regardless, they've I like up, it. up, up streak. Like, I like it, oh, upstreak. I like upstreak. Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. Can I? Yeah. I yeah, well put that in right there. Put it as
0: an up. Yeah, upstreak. <laughs> you know what it comes down to? It. And let's just, we have to be really, really honest. The best team in baseball is in this division. The Houston Astros are by far, I think, the class of baseball at the moment. Now, injuries can change things. But that team is just solid. You compare that the, the Angels to them, and it's just like, well, they're in second place. The bats are coming around, so that's the positive. And it's one of those things where you're like, you know, realistically, wild card, second wild card, if the pitching turns around.
1: That's what I'm looking at. If anything can happen, right? I mean, anything can happen. They get they get their their pitching staff, something clicks with them. They, they add Haney and guys and continue to improve the bullpen's strong. They get up and back, you know, maybe they can make a push. I mean, a lot of people may, a lot of teams may pushes like that further back than they are. So uh, they've yeah. just, they've been really, really good about effort you know they don't throw a lot of games out there that they just get blown out and don't show up they're always playing hard Uh, Osmus has done a really good job with that team because there's some streaks in there where they they were losing and losing and losing but they were losing by one run two runs at a time but they were showing up and they were playing hard and that's all you can ask from the team. And whatever happens, happens. Sometimes you just get beat. Sometimes guys just have a better roster. Sometimes you just get outpitched. And if you got a guy in the bump that shoves it up your ass, then yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot you can no, do. Not I mean, really much you isn't. can do
0: about it. Right.
1: I think a lot of it too
0: is that, you know, Brad Asmus, why do I say Asmus? Brad Osmus is uh connected to these guys. It's his first year, and he's you know for damn sure he's not gonna let anybody get complacent. You know, not, not that Sosha did. I think Sosha was one of the best managers ever.
1: All time. Yeah, all time, no yeah, doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was such a great catcher, and he brought that to the game, and he knew the game inside and out. But, yeah, I, I think, look, here's what it really comes down to. We, we talked about this before. It's injuries. It's pitching. You're going to have a good defense. And the Angels have all that. If the pitching turns around, dude, I'm just saying, look at me being a homer. I'm being a homer, a positive guy. I'm saying, yeah. They, they,
1: they do no absolutely and that's one of the cool things is i mean the, they won the world series in 2002 and they were talking about fire and social. so yeah i mean they they, they started off so bad mm-hmm. so bad that even fish said you know we were thinking man they might just blow the team up and start trading away everybody it was wow. that bad so in sports you just never never know what's gonna click what's gonna happen there's just so much that goes on and that's why we love sports and that's why we love baseball and that's why it's 162 games it's like a soap yeah. opera right you got to you got yeah. to stay plugged in and but that's cool that we have a team that you know every night is going to give you whatever they got if it's 80% they're going to run that 80% out there and give it to you yeah. and take it to people and and I love the makeup of the team I love that yeah. we've got guys like that there's no prima donnas on this team it's guys that are bringing their lunch pail every single day to the park and it's fun to watch
0: and i'll tell you right now we both know mike trout i don't think he would be tolerating a prima donna how can you be a prima donna think about this can you imagine how could you be a prima donna when you're playing with the best guy in baseball who is so unassuming and such a cool dude you would look like an uber prima donna so you're right man it's all about, you know, a lot of that, those primadonnas about ego and stuff like that. And you look at these successful teams in the last couple of years, they had characters, you know, they may have outspoken, but you don't see a tremendous amount of ego. You see team. That's why I'm going to switch sports and talk about the Pats. You don't see ego on the Patriots and everybody hates them because they're so good. And, you know, you look at this yeah. team, going back to the Angels, you don't see an ego in this. Come on, Tommy Stella. Leading the team with 11 homers, Brian Goodwin hitting almost 300, playing left field, and then you know what I'm psyched about the most? And I love this guy, and I've said it before. I'm glad to see Cole Calhoun hitting, you know, hitting close to 240. He's not down by the Mendoza line, although he had a terrible, he botched a play in the outfield the other day. But I appreciate what he was trying to do. But I love that guy, <laughs> and I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see too. He's got, you know, he's got nine bombs already. I'd love to see that guy at least hit 270 with, like, 20,
1: 25. Yeah, he's going to get his homers. As long as he's getting his homers, he's driving in runs, he's hitting. He's got 10 doubles as well, so his slugging is really good. He's fine. I wouldn't wouldn't worry too much about the batting average. As long as he's scoring runs and he's driving the ball and – he's let me see what he's got here he's got yeah he's got 19 walks as well so his zombie base percentage you know it's it's getting there it's not it's great yeah. but he's a plus fielder he's almost a gold glove guy out there yeah. i don't know if he won one or not but you know he does his job he, and you know he comes to work every day and he plays hard they're doing all right i mean they're doing well and our boy justin Bohr got sent down did you see that Oh, it did not. remember I was telling you? Yeah, you as well. I, I told you, when Otani gets back, they can't have pool So Otani and Bohr, no. you know, manning first base in DH. You know, Especially just, when you're hitting
0: a obvious. robust 163 with bombs. Yeah. yeah, no.
1: They brought up, an interesting guy they brought up is Jared Walsh, mm-hmm. another two-way player. So he went three for five in his first game that he started. That's a pretty good looking swing, but he can also pitch. So he's gonna be from what Osmus was saying, he's it's nice to have a, a guy like that where say you are getting blown out eight one in the put say in. it's the sixth inning. You know, go eat up some uh some innings for us and save save some of our our bullets down there. So that's a good that's a good call up. It's interesting interesting to see that guy out there.
0: So, yeah, ha- I love when they bring somebody up and they do well. I'll tell you, most Angel fans are going to think I'm nuts when I say my favorite Angel is Cole Calhoun. I mean, I love Mike Trout, but I love that Cole Calhoun. I do like Mike Trout, but i got to be honest, still haven't gotten over the fact that I bought my my Trout Nikes last year. A little uncomfortable. had to return them. So I'm holding my breath that this year's shoe will be much more comfortable. Okay. <laughs> and I'm holding it against Mike Trout. I, I, you know what? I've put that down in the books. I'm waiting for the new shoe to come out. Um, <laughs> so any closing any closing thoughts on today?
1: No, it's just it's they're in a lot better place now than what I thought they would be a couple weeks ago. so let's you know let's see where this thing goes. Let's keep plugging in and uh, watching these guys and get behind them and Let's see where they end up, but you know, again, I love their will to win and I love their hustle and it's a really cool team to to watch and if they can just hang around a little bit more, get some reinforcements coming in, I think we're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm going to take us up. But one thing I want to talk about next week, I really think it's time for the Angels to upgrade the logo and the uniforms. Not like that crazy Disney cartoon angel wings thing. I'm talking A kick-ass logo. I've got a great idea. We'll discuss it next week. But here you go. Ready? Let me take us out. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe. We are available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcasts, once again, B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Hey, look, if you like us, please rate the show on iTunes and in the description. Write a question and we'll try to answer it on the show. And if you don't like us, be nice and don't leave anything. <laughs> <laughs> Mom always said, Adam, you can't say something nice. Don't say anything at all. And if that was the case, Twitter would not be around.
1: <laughs> right, right. All right, Matt. Well, enjoyed it, man. Love spending time with you.
0: Yeah, I had a great time, man. Let's go, Angels.